previously on the Project Umbrella podcast. He needs mouth-to-mouth, and he needs mouth-to-mouth now. Where the fudge is this? I was looking around up, you know, trying to vibe up the hole. So it's controlled blowing. You then get the scene of Richard's body going up and down. But then if you do too much, he goes... What the wife says, what on earth are you doing? And nothing dear, just blowing into my DS. Welcome to episode 38 of the Project Umbrella podcast. It's nearly Christmas. Yes, Christmas. Not Wintermas, not Winter Festival, not the festive season, but Christmas. In a Christmas-celebrating country. (sighs) One last shot at the liberal elite before the year is out. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune. Let's see who's joining us today. He apparently smells, and his robin has just laid an egg. It's Batman. Hello. Last Christmas, he gave you his heart in a bloody T. Veronica black market organ trafficking scheme. It stars Tyrant. Hello. We're all going on a summer holiday for Christmas. What the fuck? It's Romby. Hey, yeah. He's recently returned from the birthplace of the progenitor virus in Africa. Turns out they already knew it was Christmas. It's George Trevor. And finally, he's, his traditional was Brussels sprouts at Christmas. What's that? No one likes sprouts. Oh, it's Mr. Spencer. That's all right. No one likes me either. <laughs> Hello everyone. Coming up on today's show, we'll be looking at all the latest news, brushing over what's ever happened on the actual website, I mean seriously. We will be looking at the final demo of Resident Evil 7 for our main discussion, as recommended by a Project Umbrella listener, yes there are some, the corporations of the series. And we end with a rather wonderful festive edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. So we'll start off with the news. Okay, so we'll start with a tad bit of uh, Resident Evil 7 news. Well, the main discussion, we're looking at the demo specifically, but Capcom have announced various special editions of Resident Evil 7. The American version includes a part replica of the Baker House, which looks awesome. Comes with LED lighting and uh, is also a music box that plays the Aunt Rhody song. The game itself is in the steelbook, a lithograph of the Baker family, a creepy I shall bash you against the stone note, and a VHS tape box which holds that dummy, kind of severed dummy, finger thing which is awesome 16 gig as well so quite useful so this is um you said this was a model of the of the baker residence mm. imagine having that open your windows like a nativity set <laughs> that's a story of jesus right there bunch of fucking nutters in a house does look good though the uk packs looks a bit better doesn't it the european one is slightly different with a seven inch replica of the full baker house not just the part but it doesn't come up with a light up music box we've got the 20th anniversary art book 
five lithographs featuring art from the game, the dummy USB stick, alternative sleeve art, the survival action pack downloadable content, as well as containing consumable items with an instant unlock of the Madhouse difficulty setting. It retails at £100 and is exclusive to game, uh, but this doesn't actually include the game. Yeah, that's my favourite edition, actually. Having played the demo, my favourite collector's edition is the one that comes without the shitty game. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you know. Is this a preview for what's to come? Oh. Definitely a preview, but that yeah, no, that's a collector's edition that I have got my eye on. The one that does include the game, which is the American one, is 180 quid. So if you want, I suppose, the UK version plus the game, what was that 150 quid, I suppose? Don't know how much the game's on, it is. For some crazy reason, the version in Australia comes with the game. Right. No steel tin, but includes a digital copy of Resident Evil 4 Remastered. Oh! Let's <laughs> have a dartboard with um, different pre-order incentives and just... Like, say, fuck it, that'll do. Hang on a minute, I'm just looking at this. I thought you guys were kidding around when you said, like, there's no game in it. So I did a little search for it. No. And it's and it's like, it's got all this stuff. It's like, oh, it's got this DLC in it. It's got DLC. Now, where's the... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see, there's a problem here because I've got this DLC for something that, ah, <laughs> right, I know what I've done here. It's like I've bought the special missions disc from Metal Gear Solid, but I haven't got the actual fucking game to play it on, so. <laughs> oh. It's becoming a worrying thing, this is, because like, the new Sonic game is exactly the same. Oh. Isn't it, I think? Oh, that's not good. I'm only looking forward to it for the art book. Have I said how big the art book is? No. I think, I think if you want the art book, I'll try and get a new copy off of eBay not long after the game comes out, because I don't know whether that set's worth under a pound without a game in. No. See, that's dumb because you're actually going to be paying 140 quid, aren't you, when you think about yeah. it? Because you've got to pay 40 quid for the game separately. Yeah, yeah, it's complete nonsense. I wonder if Game have had anything to do with them. I remember in the original press release, they say Amazon was going to have it as well, but it's never come on. No, I think Capcom uh, Europe clarified that it's just game that has it. It's game yeah, exclusive. It gives me even less <laughs> yeah, in, in Australia, it's EB exclusive, which is the equivalent yeah. of games. So, I bet yeah. this was something that Game chose to do, and I'll tell you why this is. Because Game is a kind of company where, oh, you want to try out the PlayStation VR for 15 minutes? That's going to cost you £15 to demo. Oh, no. The VR headset. Don't even get me started on that. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm not going in there putting out 15 quid for something that I might not want. Yes. No, I remember when that, yeah, that was a bit of, um, I was taking the piss a bit. Just with over a month ago until the release, we've got Capcom announcing they're going to be shipping 4 million copies of the game across all formats. Resident Evil 6 ships 4.8 million from its launch in October 2012 to the end of that year. So that they, they seem to be quite optimistic. That's a combination of optimism and conserve. It's quite a conservative number compared to the previous games in the series recently. 5 and 6 both. I think 5 shipped with 5 million and 6 they originally had like 8 was the target then they shipped 6 and then it took like quite a long time for them to sell that 6 million. Other news, the third CG movie, Resident Evil slash Biohazard Vendetta, is coming out on May 27th, 2017 in Japanese cinema. We have no idea if the UK's got one. I think, didn't Damnation get a little one somewhere in the West? Yeah, it did, yeah, didn't it? I, so. I don't get this, because I'm looking at Biohazard Vendetta, right, and look at the synopsis of it, and I'm just kind of thinking, this should have come out when Ori 6 was out, because this had a fit with Ori 6. They're a bit late. It does. Yeah. Anyone who uh, isn't aware, the synopsis has now been released. Um, we've been having pre-podcast chats over this, possibly relating to the stage, which, of course, we all loved in Project Umbrella Towers. It does appear to be with the involvement of Rebecca. It sounds like 
like a cure to the virus in this stage. That's what I, that's the interpretation I picked up. If that's what's going to go down, who knows? But um, yeah, so it stars Chris, Rebecca, and Leon. It would appear that the beginning part is taking place in the mansion, which we've seen in the trailer already. Chris, working with the BSA, infiltrates this mysterious mansion and comes across a chap called Tyler. How no? I'm oh, sorry, Glenn Arius. <laughs> It's Arius. <laughs> Arius. Okay, thank you there, Mr. Spencer. He's a criminal Interpol's watch list. Uh, he witnesses an unbelievable sight. I'm going to go with probably... His team being killed yeah, again. something like this. <laughs> injecting himself, uh, watching the other chap inject himself with a virus. Or maybe... Maybe <laughs> paedophilia, who knows? He manages to get away. Meanwhile, from... <laughs> hey, Jimmy, Jimmy Savile's in this? <laughs> He's a bad guy in this. Um, yeah, so then we get to uh, Rebecca, who's um, she's developed a cure for a new type virus. They all team up with Leon to go kick some ass and try and save uh, the world from this Glenn Arius, whose true motive is bioterrorism. Doesn't sound very interesting anymore, does it? After the initial trailer, it was quite cool. Mm, sounds like that mansion stuff with Chris is probably only going to be the first ten minutes yeah. of the film. And maybe a flashback for Rebecca. Yay, Leon and his bike. <laughs> Yeah, it's a shame, really, because I, I have a soft spot for the um, CG films. I think Degeneration in itself is quite a good little film. It adds quite a lot to the overall um, storyline. Damnation saves itself by the fact that we actually see tyrants in a combat zone, which is awesome. Oh, well, I hope I'm wrong. Invested in it, really, for Rebecca, to mm. be honest. I think my concept of a Resident Evil film is great. Like I said, right? So, Jimmy Savile, he's the main villain in it, but he didn't die. He faked his death, he went into hiding, and he plans his revenge against the world. And the opening scene could be where he releases the T-virus into the BBC television centre, because they were the people that sold him out. <laughs> okay, well, no doubt, um, after Resident Evil 7, we'll be touching on Vendetta a lot more, because um, that'll be the next big release after RE7. And the final bit of news, Heavenly Island. Yeah, still going, still going, believe it or not. <laughs> It's uh, having its own personal run against Mahara Desire, as to which is the most longest and irrelevant manga series going. But here we go, two years later. So <laughs> we are now up to chapter 45. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm only laughing. I'm laughing because it's ridiculous. But this comic does now link up with Lost in Nightmares Revelations 2, some other game that I don't care to mention, and maybe even Resident Evil 7. It's looking quite essential for the ultimate collector of canon Capcom product. To be honest, uh, this won't be a popular opinion, but I quite like it. If you can get past the stupid survival idol crap with all the girls in bikinis running around, past that, there's quite a good story in there. Care to elaborate on where we're at? Well, it's it's right near the end now. Basically, it introduces this new corporation, the Shenya Pharmaceuticals, and they're, they're looking for Oswell Spencer's last laboratory, which is the same place Alex Wesker went to, to create the immortality virus. And she was working on a project to create the ultimate BOW based on the survival of the fittest concept which was taken from Resident Evil Survivor where they basically create BOWs, pit them against each other until there's only one of them left and then take a sample of its blood and recombine it with the virus and do it all oh. again. They use the whole island as like a big testing. So that's, yeah, you're right with the survivor. That's what um, you did with the hypnos gene, didn't they, for the hypnos tyrant? 
Yeah, yeah, it's basically the same thing, yeah. There's links to both Revelations games because it has Alex Wesker in it, it has Parker in it. It explains the Lost in Nightmares backstory from the files and it obviously links to Umbrella Corps as well and potentially Shenya Pharmaceuticals maybe in Resident Evil 7. So it's worth looking at if you can just get past the, the stupid girls in bikinis shit. What's stupid about that? You know what Japanese manga's like, it's just dramatically over-sexualised and it's just... Again, it's just I'm not shit. seeing where the problem is here <laughs> because it's just drawings John it's not real <laughs> I'm so tired <laughs> where do you think people like me and Mrs. Spencer would be about drawings you should see the game that I've been playing lately on Steam I've got a good idea of the sort of places yeah. too frequent I think we've already heard some of the websites you go on <laughs> Site news project about should should be work. You should be able to log on and actually comment. We have no idea what went wrong. It's just an old, really old website run by Drupal for people who know how these things work. Um, but you should be able to log back on and um, and, and contribute accordingly. Yay. That concludes the news. We'll now uh, go on to our sub discussion when we're going to be looking at the three-hour demo slash tape three trailer discussion of Resident Evil Seven beginning hour. For three years, Ethan Winters believed his wife was dead, until he received a message from beyond the grave. But he's about to face the disturbing reality. It's Mia. She's not dead, she's alive. She, she's back. How long do you say this place has been abandoned? Three years. Abandoned farmhouse, missing family, foul place suspected. Shitty house, spooky sounds. Ooh, is it haunted? This house is off limits! Welcome to the family, son. I'm coming, Mia. Get me out of this fucking nightmare! That's it. We've had several missing persons. Not me. That wasn't me. No, no, leave me alone! Mommy hates you, you know. Kill him, Mommy. Don't. Don't hurt him. Wait, what are you doing? Ethan, Ethan, please help me. Ethan, help me. I don't know what happened. There's so much that you need to know. I love you, Ethan. I miss you. So, I'm really intrigued to start with the negatives. How British. (laughs) (laughs) So, what shit about this? But it's horrible. Based on the comments I've read, even on Facebook, which is, you know, normally a trove of scum and tyranny, that people are really excited about it. So, George, you've played it. What did you think? Well, finally, thank you, Capcom, for letting me play it, because, you know, I'm Xbox scum, so I wasn't allowed to play it for some time. Now I have done, I can see why all the PlayStation owners didn't you know lord it over us because there's very little to shout about to me finally thank you capcom you've woken up and realized that you don't have any talent in your company left like you used to do that produced the earlier games and actually that you know the self-realization that all they can do is just muster up someone else's work so they've taken pt they've added a couple of tropes from blair witch project texas chainsaw massacre and i'm quite happy with the pt ripoff quite frankly i'm easily pleased i thought pt was fantastic but if you're going to do it at least do it on a par 
at the very least, but they don't. The graphics are inferior to PT or anything else that's out there. I'm not going to list them now. People can go uh, go and find them on the net. Project Ladybird, uh, The Mannequin. These are independent indie titles, not AAA that Capcom, you know, supposedly are, that are producing an original, unique version of exactly what this demo is. Because for me, the demo doesn't add anything unique or interesting that makes me want to play it. I actually played it just to get, you know, through it. And it was like a chore, solving puzzles with random them glances at lights i didn't realize capcom had this much contempt for their audience they almost become a parody of themselves because you get that dialogue on the tape where uh, one of the chaps whose name is just interchangeable with another guy's says oh you know your usual story usual mansion you know no- nothing to see here and he's absolutely right that's a perfect review of it for me i'll end this with a positive by saying i was over the moon that they were trying to get back to this survival horror pace and they, they clearly are trying to do that but it doesn't appear to me like there's anyone there in this company left that can actually do it with some some wit and sophistication that makes you want to play an enjoyable game they're the george lucas of developers you know three great titles and then three shit ones and i wish they they, they should sell up to disney and save the series so high praise them <laughs> so what you're saying is we need a rogue one a resident evil kind of thing to uh turn things around he hasn't seen he hasn't seen rogue one <laughs> i just found it so repetitive and it was so chore like like i was having to get through it as a chore and, and there was nothing enjoyable or satisfying in any of the realization of the puzzles but maybe it's, it's a limited demo, so maybe it will open up and the game will be wonderful. What did you think of the first person? Didn't you always want a first person Resident Evil game, a proper one? No, I was really against first person games. I, I've always liked the third person fixed camera angles. I didn't find the over the shoulder particularly enjoyable. For me, it was no different really to first person. I actually prefer this than when you've got the camera. I've never seen the point of that halfway house of having the camera up behind someone's back. I have third person fixed camera where you see the whole character model and that you know the backgrounds are static or like you had in lost in nightmares that wasn't right you know that small little section with lost in nightmares you the camera was zoomed right out you could see the whole character model um no the, the first person didn't bother me at all it was just the mind-numbing gameplay that did i'm surprised i thought you'd like it i think you're being a bit harsh i am very open it's very limited a lot of my criticisms to do with there's not much they can do is there they've, they've got a limited environment you can't explore out further there's not much for them to do they're trying to give you a flavor i think that puzzle was deliberately put in because people went crazy over the dummy finger i don't think there'll be anything that extreme in the final game i, I do, do agree with that i think you'll not see a lot of the horror cheats that they do in the main game either like you know teleporting bakers Hmm. They always said the demo was just to give you an idea or an impression, wasn't it? It wasn't necessarily a reflect final yeah. game. The other part that's quite different is the fact that you are playing it on the Xbox has now come out. It's just, it's the full demo as the demo. When they put it on PS4, it came out in parts, which is how you ended up with people obsessively working out, trying to work out what that finger was for. Yeah, I think I, I think well. I figured out how what the enemy is in the game. You know, the molded, whatever they're called, mm-hmm. or mold. And I'm thinking, right, they're called Molded, but the family's called Bakers. What do you bake? Bread. What grows on bread? Mold. So maybe they're bread monsters. <laughs> like, yeast is the problem in this. Yeast. Like, it's all about T-virus, yeast. Buying the, the T-virus with the yeast, and they've made some kind of thing. It's, they're bread monsters. 
I did read that in some of the interviews that actually the vast majority of it doesn't actually take place in that mansion. And there's lots more that we see outside of the plantation or wherever they are and other areas. Well, people who've played the four-hour build have said there's loads of different buildings you can go to. Mm. And there's like a little... Is it a caravan or a garage which acts as like a shop where you can go and... Unlockable cages in, yeah. Yeah. Um, And there's a submerged um, house in a bog. That'll be nice and atmospheric. But people have been praising it because it has got all the old school stuff like item boxes, like save rooms and save room music. Yeah. Can I just quickly say, I really did actually like the inventory system, which was no thrills, no, because that's what I didn't like about the RE5 inventory system. And also with six, particularly, they almost tried to be too clever. I really like this, it was just straightforward, clear, and simple. I really like that. It's going to be interesting to see. It's now looking like um, you're going to have to play in the hardest difficulty that the game offers you at the beginning. Um, is it just like easy, normal, or hard? Because easy and normal have checkpoint saving. Whereas uh, the hardest difficulty that's available from the beginning is the one which relies on save rooms. Oh, so if you want your really authentic old school experience, you're yes, going to have that, to get... I'm sure that's what the last batch of news was, said that Reddit post. And I saw that too. But like you were saying, all the press that have played the first four hours of the game, you know, they're all really impressed with it because it does feel like old Resident Evil. They've confirmed there's multiple puzzles in the game. Like, to get out of one section of the house, you've got to find three parts of an emblem. There's loads and loads of backtracking. There's plenty of files. We've already had a couple of references to previous characters. Things like the shotgun's optional. Yeah. So you can miss it. I think a few people who tested it missed it completely. And apparently there's loads of uh, environment interaction as well, so we'll get them little text descriptions again. And apparently Ethan says things as well if you go and examine them. So Yeah, I've, I've read that. I thought there's more him speaking than actual descriptions of anything. but It's better than nothing at all. You know what should have been the tagline for all 7 Day of the bread. Honestly, it's a great idea. What did, what did you think of the moulded enemy? It's a bread man. Part of my frustration at the game and the repetitiveness started, the well, no, not the repetitiveness, the randomness started with trying to kill that enemy because it didn't seem to always react to the same, you know, the same techniques twice. I don't know if anyone else did. I kept feeling that throughout the demo that they just seemed to be a, not an interesting randomness, just more a, a frustrating one in um, how the enemies, you know, reacted to the collision. Yeah, and the damage it would take. I did find it bastard hard to kill. I struggled. I think I was the only person actually online that night, the day it came out, struggling to kill it. I just couldn't do it. Could not do it at all. No, I, was, I struggled the first time as well. It was really hard and the, the, the other thing as well is it is a bit of a random thing like the first time i ever went into that room i picked up the um, valve handle and it didn't appear like sometimes it appears as soon as you walk in the room sometimes it doesn't appear till you go in the back to get the key it's really random as to even when it appears and if it appears at the front the first time when you go for the valve handle you can leave and come back to get the key and it'll appear it'll have gone around to where the key is and it'll just be waiting there behind the public come around the corner design wise it's, it's wonderfully creepy and it's movement i quite like it's very regeneratory but you know i can imagine it's going to be quite tense when you're being chased down by about two or three of them but i did quite like one of the uh, write-ups says that they're very light on intelligence so you can actually shut them into rooms and if you know you don't need to go back they will never be able to escape hmm. yeah i like that new virus though isn't it yeah it's yeast <laughs> T. Veronica virus with yeast. I mean, uh, the lab accidents. 
they got it all wrong. It's a translation error. Baker's not the surname; it's their profession. See, I was quite surprised, um, George, that you, you called it out for its visuals because I think, yeah, I think it's nearly photorealistic in places. Wow. I think compared to the Atlas games, and I've played the demo of the second one, and that, I think Seven's for me. I don't know whether it's my setup or anything like that, but I would say it probably looked the strongest of. Probably not up to PT, but then PT is only rendering a corridor. I don't know because. You're right. It got back to the atmosphere and, and the pace and the the point where looking at these static pictures and, and textures and things, there's a point to actually doing that. Um, so I was interested to explore, and that's what we all loved about remaking the first game. But you know, going up to the photographs, they didn't seem clear at all. Going up to notes to read what the notes said. I mean, maybe that was purposeful that they were, you know, that it was scrawled writing and it was, you know, ink was blurred and you couldn't read it. But so, so quite a few of the things I'd go up for closer look and, and just the textures just didn't seem, the resolution didn't seem as high as I, I'd expect, particularly with the photographs uh, that were quite blurry up close. Hmm. I'm hopeful there's going to be an increase in texture resolution because there was already an increase on the demo once when it was on the PlayStation, the first release of it, compared to the second one. Mm. It was a massive patch update and the quality of the textures jumped up. So I'm hoping that because this is still a demo, there maybe there's still more compression than there will be in the final product or the texture resolution will be worked on. Or Did you see um, on someone on BioAs, I think it was Smiley, said it actually had a 4 gigabyte update a couple of days ago. Was that... Gosh, I didn't even look. I've not checked yet. I don't even know if it's been updated at all. I did read that if you can play it on the PS4 Pro, it kind of gets the kind of 4K HDR. Uh, That looks very good. Yeah, people have said that it's the best-looking PS Pro game you can get. But then there's not that many TVs that are HDR, so there's not going to be many people who are going to experience it. Seems a bit wasted, but we'll see. We'll see. What's the view down under? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I... I, I, um... I enjoyed it, but I, as like Sean said, I found the found the uh, enemies quite hard at first. I haven't even bothered with the obtuse puzzle to get the coin yet. I was like, oh, I'll do that just before the game comes out so that I can transfer that across, which is quite a cool little extra feature. Yeah, it was a good expansion, and it was there's nothing wrong with it. I, I enjoyed it. I don't know what else to say that everyone else doesn't see. I'm definitely like Paul. I enjoyed it. And I, I think it looks fine. I don't think it looks the best game ever, but I'm hopeful that all the textures will be upgraded, like I said. Are you still going to buy it, Paul, the game? Yeah, of course I'm going to buy it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Resident Evil 6. <laughs> That's why I'm just such a spineless twat. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I don't want to be disingenuous about it. I want to be clear. I've Me and my ilk have been waiting for this sort of atmosphere and moaning about not having this atmosphere for years. So, no, I do. I, I thank Capcom. For, I think they're... 15 years too late but they've gone back to it and i really hope that it does succeed you know and proves that there is a an audience out there for this i just i think a lot of my you know it's frustration isn't it resident evil games used to be the pinnacle and there always used to be something new and almost advanced about them you know they were the, the pinnacle in, in the graphics or the atmosphere you know resident evil 4 was love it or hate it was quite revolutionary really at the time i felt i think it was it was pushing the boundaries and and uh, for a gamecube game and trying to do something that other games weren't doing but then there's this been this real lull so but i hope it, i do hope it succeeds i just expected a lot more i think it's interesting you bring up resident evil 4 there though i think the community actually forget we went through this way back then, you know, when we first heard that they were doing away with zombies, they were doing away with the camera angles. It was, it was exactly the same kind of reaction from the fan base. It's no different this time. And yet, you know, to a lot of people, not necessarily myself, uh, four turned out all right. 
I was going to say that is a good parallel because we had that demo that everyone was a little bit cautious about. Oh, but they magazine, you know, and websites were like, "This is really cool. Like we've tried it. It you know looks amazing." Then the, the Famitsu demo came out, and everyone who tried you know tried to import it and got copies of it and played it on their own GameCubes were like, "Yeah, okay, this is actually really different, but it's good." You know, the parallels are very strong between those two events how do you guys feel because one criticism i mean i've not seen too much criticism similar to mine online what the biggest criticism which i just think is totally nonsensical is this oh there's no chris there's no leon it's not resident evil i mean you know after the years we've had with those characters i really know no part of me is is that concerned at all i I can quite happily take the bakers and it's just as long as it's a good narrative and gameplay with it it doesn't bother me that we don't have these returning characters yeah we get them in every other you know every other media in some way or the other, so we're not missing them. If two of the early files are anything to go by, I don't think the fans will be disappointed, you know, in terms of fan service kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah be interesting. When you say files, you files that you've seen online or not that you found in the demo. I, I They're ones that um, journalists have reported oh. on um, who oh, played okay. it. John, remind me, was it someone on Biohazard France or something? Yeah, Biohazard France played it, and there was two files written by characters from previous games. Mm. I don't think they'll have any relevance to the story. It might just be Easter eggs, but uh, it's still pretty See, cool. See, that's a shame, because my favourite files are the ones that have a sort of creepy or interesting backstory and characters, but actually have a, a direct relationship to the gameplay or you know help you solve a puzzle there's a clue in there you know yellow and blue tiger eyes you know that sort of thing just a clue to another puzzle yeah well one of them's interesting some of those yeah we don't know yet one of them's a newspaper article written by a minor character from a previous game and the other one is quite interesting because it's written by a character who timeline wise hasn't been in the series for a long long time so uh be interesting to see what his involvement is with him writing files so long after he disappeared i don't know who that person is do you want me to tell you? We could do a spoiler alert on the podcast. It's not really a spoiler, though, because I think a few websites have announced it now. Basically, one of them's a newspaper article talking about people going missing. Get ready for this, guys. This in, the, uh, in, the ba- in the Baker family area, and it's written by Alyssa Ashcroft from Outbreak. Yes! <laughs> wow. I did, I did know that one, but that was exciting. Outbreak, all you people. Oh, you people who said it's not canon. Oh, it is now. <laughs> Yeah, as I've argued before, the director said it was canon. Yeah. It's canon. <laughs> and I don't know what the second file is, but it's written by Clive O'Brien from Resident oh. Evil Revelations. So, oh, that's quite cool. So, like, like I say, if that's just in the, like, the first four hours, or a hand-picked four hours, and you've already got like those two sort of quite deep canon references that a lot of modern fans aren't going to get, you know, particularly the Alyssa one's going to be lost on so many of the sort of newer fans. Can I sort of subtract everything I just said before? <laughs> I'm, I'm astounded. Not... I, I mean, my just so cynical view was that there wouldn't even be anyone left at Capcom that even knew some of these characters I know. about Brave. I know. And, and, and unfortunately, this is the power of this fucking series, isn't it? <laughs> no matter how much you think Every time happen. I go out, they pull me back in. Yeah, a, fi- a file written by Alyssa right. Ashcroft from a 14-year-old game is like, oh, I'm back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now the problem is, everyone's going to be like, "Oh, there's a reference to to Jaskov. Oh, are they are they making outbreak again? Are they making yeah. outbreak oh, again? God, yeah. <laughs> outbreak HD. It's confirmed. I'm just waiting for the, the uh, file which describes the uh, Baker's residence has been designed by George Trevor because I'm not quite yes. ready for them not to play yes. that card again. 
everybody's conveniently ignoring my little it's not the umbrella logo on the helicopter thing. Someone wrote a massive article all about Umbrella's role in the game because of this helicopter and I went on and said uh, it's not the Umbrella logo and he basically told me to fuck off. You can see you can see the shield <laughs> emblem around it. I know, but people are ignoring it because they don't want anything to do with Umbrella Corps. They're like, oh my god, it's Umbrella, they're back, even though they're sort of ignoring the fact that Umbrella it's, went under. It's the inverted colours and yeah. got the shield around it. Been gone as, as a company for more than a decade at this point in the game series. Mm. But what was interesting in the new trailer was, um, from what Capcom had said so far, I thought Ethan's wife had gone missing quite recently, but apparently she went missing three years ago. And in the bit at the start of the trailer where someone gets thrown off the ship, it looks like a woman's hands. Mm. Maybe his wife went missing that, three years ago. Really channeling hard to with that one. I was going to say it ties into the timeline given in the demo as well about the uh, plantation itself because they talk about it being abandoned and people the reports of missing people from three years earlier. So Is it clear though that... Cause... I thought it was interesting this, because um, one of the things that was unique and sort of brave to put in there was this idea of solving a puzzle, kind of going back and forth in the future with two different characters with, with the tapes. And I really like that. But is, is, is that not something that's going to be utilised that often in the main game, do we know? It will be, yeah. Apparently there's quite a few videotapes you can find. Because the Bakers have abducted loads of different people, apparently, and each one of these tapes represents a different minor character. One problem I, I found, though, with that was it became a bit repetitive, and I wanted to fast-forward the start of the tape every time I played it, and whilst mm. you can end it early, then re- I think if they're going to use that, there really needs to be a system for fast-forwarding the tape. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that as well. But I think they they are quite important to the story, and obviously they, they help you find hidden items in the main game. So To be fair, there is a chance maybe something will appear like that, because that, the ability to even end it early wasn't even in the first version of the demo. That wasn't added to the second to the update, first update. So. Yeah, no, they should definitely have a thing I think you sometimes have with cutscenes where you can't uh, fast-forward it on the first occasion, but that, thereafter then, then, then you can. Because that's really stopped me... Getting into it, the first time I watched that tape, I thought it was good, but then it just became increasingly more annoying. And then the fact that I couldn't see, you know, they made it so difficult to see the apparitions. I think there's Easter eggs, but then there's just trying to be too clever. And if you've got to go onto YouTube and follow someone else's guide and and get the precise second right to see the apparitions, again, to me, it just becomes a chore rather than a, a puzzle that's difficult and then satisfying. The thing was as well, that third update made it basically that tape almost pointless other than the information of knowing where the um, handle under the fireplace is because you don't need to get the lockpick from it anymore because you can get the lockpick under the stairs. And, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's basically it. So it makes it look like perhaps maybe what the version in the final game is that you, if you watch the tapes, you'll get more story. You might also get more hints and clues as to where maybe hidden items are or where you can unlock something in there. But if you don't get it in the tape, maybe you can always come back later and get it when you've got the item you need to unlock or somewhere else. Is that going to be it for Resident Evil 7? Because the next podcast will be about Resident Evil 7, so we can leave our listeners. Um, the only thing I would say is uh, watch for spoilers from tomorrow because the, that demo is going to get data mined within about half an hour of it going up on Steam. Oh, okay. It's tomorrow mm-hmm. and it's the PC demo. Yeah. Hopefully they've been a bit more smart about it, but probably not. Given their track yeah. record with Street Fighter Five at the minute, uh, where the the next game-changing patch has gone up like four days early on Steam and has been data mined, yeah, Capcom doing really well with that kind of thing. I just don't see the point. What's the point? People are either going to buy it or they're not. How, how much is a demo needed nowadays? With so much social media, back in the day, the only way to even know about a game really was to get the magazine from 
the official mag or something like that and play but it. We're essentially putting the whole thing into question that we're, I mean, we're essentially talking about this, like they've released this demo as a tonal kind of thing and it kind of sets up the game that we're going to play in that respect. It's kind of unique but different yeah, enough point, and, and, and interesting and... It might be self-contained it, in that it, respect and not a feature much content mm-hmm. the game itself. So I'm hoping that's the case, but I stuff like uh, weapons list and um, you know stuff that might be uniform files that even this is using but hopefully yeah hopefully there's only a lesson but the interesting thing is like you know obviously from a historical point of view for, for us as, as hardcore fans is the demo actually going to be featured you know is that is beginning hour going to be featured in the final game at any point or you know is the only way to be able to still play it is just to keep the demo installed on your machines I reckon we'll go into that location, but just as a different character in a different set of circumstances. I was going to say, I think I, I'm sure I read somewhere that, that Capcom stated that there were a certain amount of tapes in total, and that that was the first one, and that you know that that literally would be the start of the game, and that you would you would play through that as part of the main game. Yeah, the tape you will, but I think the scenario for the demo, the um, the unnamed character you are, and the what happens to him and the little ending he gets with the LSD and the police not believing him I think that's just purely fabricated for the demo I don't think that's part of the canon okay because you see that's a shame because that was one of my again another frustration for me with the demo that what I was expecting and hoping and Neptune asked what's the point of these demos is I thought it was it was there to kind of cause you know debate and interest and and discussion about various lines of inquiry that would take us into the main game but that's you know when I, I suddenly found all the randomness in it you know, then again, there was very little connection. I would have much preferred something that almost like a prologue, you know, with things that we are debating and discussing now that are going to be important and significant in the main game. I think there is hints there. I mean, obviously, the VHS tape's 100% canon, and there's certain things you can find in the environments, like the bathroom is full of posters on the wall. I don't know if they're the people the bakers have been yeah, intentionally people. snatching or what. I don't know, but yeah, I certainly could the uh, the infamous uh, umbrella, umbrella, not umbrella on well, the. Uh... I don't know whether Capcom are fucking with us, and and they might change it for the final game. I don't know, but it's definitely not an Umbrella Corporation logo. It's an Umbrella Corps logo, but I always assumed Umbrella Corps was just like a piss-taking name for the guinea pig squad. You know, they put through these experiments, so I don't really understand if. If it's a completely separate pharmaceutical company that owns this unit, why would they have a helicopter with an umbrella-type logo on it? For what is essentially an ironic name for a special forces team. That's why I don't understand the special forces, but I could understand, for example, another pharmaceutical company has bought up the umbrella brand under its collapse or a, a using it as a um, placeholder to shift their own blame from their own dodgy dealings or something you know what i mean like mm, mm. that i could understand a lot more the soldier thing i've never understood so we shall see we shall see right just i was gonna say just one last final night i'm gonna be one of those suckers that buys the hundred pound collector's edition because it's not actually getting released here in new zealand at all because it doesn't come with the game it's perfect i can just buy that locally and just <laughs> <laughs> this is why the capcom fucking love people like you they would just <laughs> sell you shit you go oh i'm gonna buy that because it's resident evil and i'm a fan well, I, I want the art book so right um <laughs> We'll now move on to our main discussion of the podcast. We're looking at the organizations of Resident Evil. The only thing that can defeat power is more power. That is the one constant in this universe. However, there is no point in power if it consumes itself. 
sent Wesker a different present, just as the organization ordered. Mr. President, what is the connection between Umbrella Corporation and this biohazard incident at this time? Thank you very much. The President has announced his resignation. Pharmaceutical company Will Pharma issued a press release on establishing a new research facility in Harvardville. The giant pharmaceutical corporation, S, maintains medical and drug facilities the world over. Your position at Tricell is secured. Human rights organization TerraSave has demanded that Will Pharma immediately release the results of their clinical tests. Umbrella Corporation stock plummeted here in Europe. This dealt a serious blow to the business giant, resulting in its complete dissolution. The organization must remain vigilant. Some of this equipment's got the Tricell logo on it. Will Pharma stock fell sharply as a result of scathing accusations hurled at them by Tarasenko. Umbrella represented power. He used it to hide behind one of the plans of his own. And now the umbrella's been folded. Come on. You know Tricell's history, right? So this is obviously going to be slightly different to our usual structured format of our main discussion of the podcast. So we had a suggestion from uh, someone about talking about the organisations. Well, that's well, rude, isn't it? You can't remember the I know, guy's I name. Know. It's like, oh, some twat gave us some kind of, you know, recommendation. So fuck it, we got nothing else to talk about. Should I be too polite and mention it was me? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Jesus. Right, so uh, we're going to be looking at the organisation. So um, as we see it, that's the Umbrella Corporation, naturally. Tricell, Will Pharma, the rival company, and this new mysterious organisation that's already been talked about uh, this evening, the Shenya Pharmaceuticals. So I think it's only prudent that we start with the Umbrella Corporation. I think what I will start with is the the relationship between Umbrella as an entity and Dispenser. And in particular, we go to that line, always stung, uh, stuck, stuck out for me in, in Wesker's report too, when Wesker questions, why on earth would Oswald Spencer have an Umbrella lab in the middle of a forest? I think that was always quite an... In- well, I think it's an interesting point, because it raises the question as to, you know, how much of a shit does he give about Umbrella as a company? What was his own goals? And ultimately, it led towards Resident Evil 5, and it, it, we can trace all the way back to the beginning as to the separate relationship between the corporation and the individual. I always found that interesting. Did anyone else? No. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that I've always just taken it on face value that, especially once the remake came out and Zero was on its way, that with the training facility being so close and his intent to have like this manor plus lab together in a location that was reasonably close, just kind of, that was just why. And I just took it on face value. I've never, I've never questioned it. Yeah, okay, maybe it is kind of odd that it seems like an unreachable mansion in the middle of nowhere. Like this doesn't even seem to be really any connecting roads, pathways or anything. So they only get in or out by helicopter. Is that, and also I think, because Wesker was questioning, you know, why would they be developing a virus that is so potent? 
and we're in a forest. I would say because at some point Spencer was obviously planning some sort of uh, event to wipe out the normal population because all he was interested in was his creating this race of superhumans. So I'm assuming the rest of us would have just been disposable. Yes. A forest is actually a very secluded location. That doesn't matter though because the T-virus is it's cross-species, isn't it? It affects plants and animals just as well as humans. Mm, okay. What I was kind of hinting at, I suppose, was we know Mr. Spencer's ambitions, but how does the Umbrella Corporation lead into it? Are they nothing more than a pawn? And their beginnings, because we have different ideologies with Brandon Bailey, James Marcus, Edward Ashford, and that those collective geniuses kind of combining together to make a corporation. Was it purely just to mask their development, or I don't know? I, I, I think, think it was. Just... I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. It was never used as a house, was it? It was only ever. Because there was two companies, but there's I remember Umbrella. It was Umbrella Pharmaceuticals, but then when it became multinational, it was rebranded Umbrella Corporation. That was the the main sort of parent company for the, mm. all the individual organisations. But yeah, Spencer, Marcus, and Ashford—they just wanted godhood, didn't they? They just wanted what the Endopia tribe had with that flower. But because the base progenitor virus was far too potent and killed most people, the whole point of the T-virus project was to create a neutered version of it. Mm. An umbrella was just to cover up that fact, because obviously the research they're doing was obviously illegal, so they had to disguise it under a legitimate pharmaceutical company. I think we're missing a big, important part of this with umbrella that I can't believe we've not discussed it yet, but I guarantee you... Umbrella was part of the whole military-industrial complex back in the Cold War with the U.S. government in the 60s. Because Umbrella started out, what, 68? The Cold War was in full swing at that point. And I guarantee you, they had some shit going down with the U.S. government. I think it's mentioned somewhere that the U.S. government was Umbrella's first customer. Mm. We, we don't know when that was. It would be a good tie, and I, I'd actually think that would be quite a good reasoning like that they were basically funded to make weapons for war basically it'd be mm. awesome mm. it's a shame it's never been expanded on during the raccoon city incident other than the g-virus retrieval program with the spec ops yeah but there's loads of stuff in the background the raccoon city incident was basically ironically a massive cold war between umbrella and the u.s government all over the g-virus mm. oh here's something interesting all right so the united states biological defense program Right, which began as a small defensive effort that was all about, it was part of offensive biological weapons development. And it was active between 1943 and 1969. What was set up in 1968, wasn't it? Umbrella. Hmm. So maybe they were like, hey, we don't need to do this shit ourselves anymore. We can now privatize it and let this company do it rather than us spending our resources. See, that's coincidental, isn't it? And then you've got, mm. but the only downside is you've got the uh, Biological Weapons Convention of 1972, which was signed by uh, Nixon. Well, no, it was 69, 1969, it was Nixon that basically ended all offensive aspects of the United States Biological Weapons Program. So here's my theory. I believe America was doing it themselves, but when 969 came around, we're like, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make ourselves look good by saying, we're going to, okay, we're going to publicly announce that we have ended our US, you know, our biological weapons program. But a year previous, when Umbrella's around, they go, okay, we'll just say they can do it. They, <laughs> the weapons research on our behalf. Secretly fund them, yeah. But, and secretly yeah. fund them, and then if any shit hits the fan, we're not tied to it because we weren't doing it ourselves. Yep. They're the ones that are doing it. So it's like their bioweapons program never ended. They just publicly announced, oh yeah, we're not doing it anymore. Yeah, 
you're not doing it anymore, but other third parties, i.e. Umbrella, are doing it on your behalf with your funding. I think you're probably spot on. I think by the time you get to the Raccoon City incident, though, you've got a lot of key players getting really very worried. Because, as you say, that's been going on for 40 years. And we know what Umbrella did in that time with the Hunter program, or Zombies Hunter, then Tyrant and things like that. The, the, the whole Raccoon City incident did cause worldwide panic. We had the president resigning, um, and you saw the outbreak ending. Is I'm not sure how canon that outbreak ending is, but it was good to see all the all the military people in, in that room kind of commanding the angels to go and destroy the city. Basically, I think since like 69, 70, 1970, I think the U.S. government, i.e. the family, because they basically were the people behind the U.S. government, Derek mm-hmm. Simmons and friends, and I believe that they did have this thing going on Umbrella, and for a while, for about 40 years or so, it was good. It was great. I mean, the Cold War ended, times changed a bit, but I think overall, they had a good business thing going on. And then when Raccoon City happened, that was the US government's kind of opportunity then to cut themselves of Umbrella, to cut all ties and you know throw them into the wind, basically, and go, yeah, you know, we don't really need these guys anymore, so this has happened... We can't work with these guys. You know, they can never be connected to us. There could be nothing that connects us to Umbrella at this point. And I think that was probably a big incentive behind the new King of Raccoon City. They weren't doing it to sterilize the place. Bullshit. They did that to cover up the fact that they were involved and to cover up evidence of their involvement with Umbrella because they knew that when this shit hit the fan and it went to the Supreme Court, this would bring the president down. And it eventually did, of course. They were trying to minimize the impact and the effect it had on certain influential people in the US government, i.e. the family. You're exactly right there. Umbrella and the government were sort of really close partners right up until Raccoon City and the changing point was William Birkin wanting Mm. to leave Umbrella because the government thought if they can get William Birkin into custody with the G-Virus then they'll no longer need Umbrella but obviously that went tits up and as soon as the government retrieved the uh, G-Virus from Sherry the whole point of nuking the town was to stop Umbrella from getting the G-Virus but they were unaware that hunk had already made it out. And I would say as well to, to cover it up. And Frederick Downing. Yeah. It was to cover up. I, I, I think I think that was a part of it to stop Umbrella getting the G-Virus, but also to cover up the fact that... I mean, there's probably a simpler way to stop Umbrella getting the G-Virus. You, know, you send in US soldiers, you send in Delta Force or some of that to hunt down people who are working for Umbrella. You don't nuke an entire fucking city unless you believe there's some serious evidence there that needs to be wiped clean. And they can just say, oh, well, it was a terrible disaster. We did what was necessary to you know, protect American lives from this potentially uh, life-endangering outbreak that could have spread to other US cities. So it makes them look good because the public story was that we did it to sterilize the place and protect American lives. What we won't tell you is the real reason we did it was because, hey, A, we don't want Umbrella getting the G-virus, and B, we're going to cover up the fact and use nukes to cover up secrets. But I suppose we had the testimonies afterwards, didn't we, in the courts and Wesker's ultimate plan to bring Umbrella down and then the Kate Spencer. There was quite a cool thing in one of the files. I can't even remember where it's from. I think it was re- one of the files in Resident Evil 5 basically said that for 30 odd years Umbrella had been using technology and equipment developed by other pharmaceutical companies and using them in their own experiments. They're all in on it. They're all in on it. It's the military industrial complex. They're all in on it. There's no such thing as uh, competitive capitalism. They're all in league with each other. 
these things were being covered up, so no one knew what was really happening. And then when Raccoon City happened and Umbrella went to court, all these other companies were implicated in unwittingly creating biological weapons because their technology had been used by Umbrella to develop these weapons. And what happened was... The Global Pharmaceutical Consortium, who represents all these companies, they were going to have to prosecute other corporations as well as Umbrella. And in order to stop that, the Global Pharmaceutical Consortium dropped the charges against all these companies on the condition that they would all band together and turn on Umbrella, which I thought yeah. it was quite a clever little... It's, it's quite deep. It's a lot deeper than what they give it credit for, the whole aftermath of you know how the company went down. I mean, didn't the, uh, the president resign after Raccoon City? Yeah. I guarantee he was a fall guy for the true powers behind the government. When the new president came in, he took like a massive anti-umbrella stance, which is why you get people like Leon having that secret directive to eradicate all the viruses and, you know, formations of the anti-umbrella pursuit and investigation team, things like that. So in truth, Leon is working for the wrong people. Sort of. The, I, I, sort I, of, yeah. I honestly believe the US government are the biggest bastards in the series. People talk about, oh, brother, they did bad shit, or, or Will Farber, or Tricell. No, the government. The government are the biggest bastards because they've done this shit. They've, they've not blooded their own hands doing it. They use other people to do their dirty work, and then they get rid of them, and then they, deny all, they disavow all knowledge and go, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it was the president acting alone. Yeah, we'll just sack the president. Doesn't matter. We can get a new president. Is there any evidence, though, that Umbrella was playing the US off against other people in the sense that they were selling the products or trying to sell the products to rival USSR, Russia as well? I don't think there's any examples as such, but I think the government feared that once the G-Virus was completed, Umbrella were going to create bioweapons using the G-Virus and these weapons would be sold to other countries and these weapons could ultimately be used against Americans. Mm. Because before Umbrella went down, we had what Umbrella Europe, Germany, Japan, you know, right around the world. And, you know, they can't all be making AquaSafe, whatever it's called. Well, there was a massive rivalry between Umbrella USA and Umbrella Europe. Yes, sir. They competed over the sort of human biological weapon aspect because you had the Americans working on the Tyrant program and the Europeans were working on the Nemesis. So there was like a massive rivalry there. But once the business suspension order came in after Raccoon City, it forced Umbrella USA to close, yeah. which is why all the research switched to Umbrella Europe and was run by Sergei Vladimir in Russia. And then Umbrella Europe was eventually closed down in 2003 after Wesker testified. And that just left Umbrella Japan, I think it was. And they couldn't yeah. find any investors, so they went under in 2004, which was the last branch to close of the entire Umbrella. Did Wesker actually testify then? Wesker testified anonymously using um, evidence from Umbrella's data archive that he stole in Russia. And it was that evidence that provided irrefutable proof that Spencer and Umbrella were responsible for destroying Raccoon City. So that got the US government off the hook in that respect. So basically, Wesker pulled at Edward Snowden. Hmm. He was the whistleblower that tipped him off anonymously. But people still harboured suspicions about the government, which is why you still had people like Curtis Miller, you know, causing terrorist incidents to try and blackmail the president into releasing the truth of the government. He was role. right. Miller was Miller was right. Yeah, and then after that, you had Adam Benford in Resident Evil Six. He was just a pawn. But he was going to reveal the truth, wasn't he? And Derek Simmons stopped him by causing the Tall Oaks outbreak. The thing about Derek Simmons is that I don't think he was that bad a guy. Because he, I mean, he's <laughs> No, he's he's a patriot, and he was putting America's interests first. He was all about taking care of America and saving American lives, and America needed men like him 
to keep the country safe from men like Adam Benford, who would have jeopardised America's position on the world stage. Mm. Doesn't DIJ factor into this in some way? The rat! According to your uh, bloody profile picture on here. Well, of course, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's behind the whole thing. I do apologise, though, because I know we're maybe talking about the corporations, and I'm just sitting there going, the government's behind it all! You know, the government well, no, that, that, clear, these are clear links, aren't they? So. Yeah, this is, yeah. yeah, this is the whole point, and the release of the T-virus onto the black market inevitably has kept the games going, and it kept um, Umbrella employed didn't it up until dead aim on the um, what they were selling on the on, on the on the Spencer Rain. Presumably the Hunter BAW is able to develop in in the Paris branch. It's well, never explicitly said actually, is it? Goes back to this rivalry thing between Umbrella Europe and Umbrella USA because some of them were developed by the Americans and the Hunter Beaters who were in Resident Evil Three, they were developed by Umbrella Europe. You know, yeah. they just kept trying to outmaneuver each other. Having such a healthy rivalry to create the, the perfect weapon was only going to benefit the overall company, wasn't it? But once Umbrella USA closed, then Umbrella Europe ran everything from Russia. So every, mm. everything after that would have been made in Russia. This is why I like degeneration, because wasn't like Will Farmer working the government as well? There was, was what, you know, there was some kind of shit going down with uh, Ron Davis. Will Farmer, they had a secret agreement with the Pentagon. The Pentagon were funding Will Farmer's T-virus vaccine research, but because they were conducting human trials in India, the US government covered that aspect up, but that was later exposed by TerraSafe, who put it mm. all over the internet. Bosses. <laughs> Can't make an omelette without bringing a few eggs. That's true. That's very true. So on the, I suppose on the public face, we have a huge, large pharmaceutical corporation. They've developed a few products that we know. Three from Resident Evil 3. Sasprin. Oh, this is a test. Aqu- Aquacure. And another one. Adrofil. Adrofil, very good. And the there's common, also... The common cure. There's also the one in Outbreak, isn't there? In the tablets, their umbrella products as well. I just wanted to quickly say, just going back to the why Umbrella, you know, why it was based in the uh, in the Arctic Forest. I remember at the time playing Remake, and I I liked the idea that Umbrella wasn't this you know this huge corporation. More felt like Spencer's, you know, the the mansion was Spencer's sort of shed at the back of the garden where he did all these sort of sinister experimenting that he wanted to keep hidden away from the world, and and what better place than you know hidden away in this forest and. You know, because I, I kind of always liked the idea that the games didn't really actually involve Umbrella, but involved the humans and how Umbrella affected the humans that came into contact with them. So, like, you know, with with Code Veronica, how that affects Claire's story, and again with the ma- I mean, with the mansion, you don't really think about Umbrella Corporation in a sense and the politics behind that, and you know, you don't get this this Paul Anderson, you know, Umbrella counter forces and and all of this. You, you very much just get the individual human hmm. stories behind that. Uh, and I kind of prefer it when that takes the forefront rather than the actual corporation. I think that's a really good point. And I think it's actually the spin-off games that have really showed the the true horror and nature of the Umbrella Corporation. I yeah. mean, if you, if you just play the normal games, oh, you know, nasty, you've got Resident Evil Zero, oh, they've been testing on the mother virus, all that rubbish. And you go, okay, that, that's, that's pretty bad. But... It's when you look at Survivor and, you know, yeah. we're act- actively taking children or whatnot. From and shooting them. Yeah. Kill- shooting them. Yeah, still and one then, of the best stories, I think, in the whole series. The Survivor is. narrative of Survivor. Amazing. And then you've got Code Veronica as well. And you go, hold on, this is, okay, I understand. Raccoon City Lab. Yep, Secret Lab's great. I'm now on an island in the middle of Antarctica. And this is where Umbrella send their prisoners and political rivals and God knows what. 
It's like, why the hell do they need one of these? Uh, what's this? A military training I mean, facility. I mean, I mean, I mean you like, go, fuck. They send their political prisoners there? What, did he NKVD or something? <laughs> you know? Send them to the gulags. <laughs> you know, you get the hints, don't you, in RE2 with Hunk and stuff. You know, they could have been anyone. But then, you know, Cobra really fleshes it out as they're going, no, no, this is a major corporation that for some reason has its own army. And you've got the UBCS as well. And you're like, what the... And it's, it's Survivor and Cobra Nuka that I think really show just what an evil bastard they are and what they're prepared to go to to try and, as you say, Bats, get the ultimate B.O.W. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, my thoughts on that. I'd quite like to have learned more about like the, just the normal running of the company. Like You mentioned those products there, and hmm. to, in Resident Evil 3 you find posters for like various anti-aging creams, and one of the special items in Outbreak is Umbrella Noodles. Yes, yes, that's true. And... Umbrella are kind of like OCP, aren't they, in Robocop? Mm. That they cover everything. <laughs> I always wondered if Umbrella picked Raccoon City because it was a small town that they could basically slowly <laughs> take under control. Because they employ so many people there. They have people in the, the central council and the central government. And it gets to the point where they have so much influence just in Raccoon City that no one will dare go against them. And once they've done that, they've slowly expanded that across various countries and governments until they're just, you know, ridiculously powerful. So what you're saying is that basically Raccoon City is Detroit and Umbrella is OCP. And they wanted to make their own Delta City. There's a lot of similarities there, I think. Because OCP basically ran Detroit. They ran the police force. And look at Umbrella and the OPD. Mm. They had the fucking chief of police in their pocket. He was one yeah. of them. Not to use George's famous term, but don't you think it was a slight missed opportunity? In Resident Evil 3, you didn't actually get to go into a pharmacy. Yeah. And have a look at Umbrella products. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's not The Sims? I <laughs> know. <laughs> if you were in charge of a Resident Evil game, it wouldn't be a survival horror. It'd be a first person or just some bloke walk into a pharmacist. And that's like, <laughs> let's see what oh, I could do with uh, some paracetamol. <laughs> Oh, it's umbrella! Like I think I'm coming, coming down with some cold. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. Holds, oh, and he holds Could've it in front of your hand, and he rotated it around in your hands. The box. You go, oh yeah, they, uh, they made there this. There could have been a puzzle in there, you know, like you know, with some sort of key. You know, they did have that little sales office place in Resident Evil Three with the puzzle with the TV and the batteries. Oh my yeah. god, I have an amazing idea for Resident Evil game. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, hear me out. This is random, but this is gonna be fucking great. So basically, there should be a game where you play as an employee of Umbrella. You play as a scientist, and you go to work every day, and you do your shifts there, and you're working on stuff. You play as a virologist that's working for Umbrella, and you don't know what they're doing there. You think, oh, I've got this new job at Umbrella. It's a great opportunity. You know, I've got a wife to look after at home. Like, you know, papers, please. Got to care for your wife and your family. And you've got this job working there. You've got to provide for your family. You've got to do your job. But the more you work there as the game goes on and progresses with the story, you start to figure out that something isn't quite right about the company, and you start to have a crisis of conscience about whether you should continue to work for them or whether you should blow the whistle and risk losing a way to provide for your family. And your character's so, name is Martin Crackhorn. Yes! <laughs> it does sound like a better novel, perhaps, than a game. I was going to say, I'm glad, A, you're not a game designer, and B, this is exactly what my team is full of so much shovelware. <laughs> this would not be shovelware. This I, I do... <laughs> am, I right? am I right in thinking back, way back, and I'm talking like late 90s, when they first announced that they were going to be doing a prequel, wasn't that very similar to an early synopsis that was rumoured, that you were actually going to be playing as someone in in the lab in the run-up to events of May 11th. I don't know. 
I can't remember. I'm trying to think of one of the old. Rumor, I don't. I don't recall it. It's going way back. I'm, my memory's maybe quite hazy on that. Uh, I'm surprised though. I mean, it, it's it's a depressing thing that the series has never depicted any of the labs sort of running, mm. you know, in, through a flashback or whatever. I think depressingly, only the movies have ever really done anything like that. Yeah, I think my game idea is a fucking great one. Then as a prequel. Because you work there, you do your thing, you can play as Martin Crackhorn or whatever his name was, and as the game goes on, and at the very end of the game, you get infected. Ooh. And you eventually become a zombie or you die at this place. It could take place at the Arkley Mansion before the whole shit broke down. Can you imagine an average Umbrella employee's commute to work? Oh, crap. I've left the turntable key again. It's okay. <laughs> I think... I think, take, I think take the sky I tram. Like the opening scene of this game, it'd be like the opening to uh, Half-Life where on the fucking tram going into work. And it's like, <laughs> you know, topside temperature is a pleasant 75 degrees. No, it'd be like, oh, I left the turntable game. Oh, I'll just have to use the magic elevator. Oh, God. <laughs> but you do get a bit of that in the files, don't you? They complain about going through the sewers just to get to work. As you would. Raccoon City no, clearly hasn't been unionised yet. This can be first person as well. It'll be first person and it'll be in sort of same vein as like PT or something. But it's got like an explorative element to it where you, you start your shift at work your first day and you're looking forward to it and the longer stuff goes on you start to realise something isn't quite right about the company you're working for. Great idea. <laughs> Someone should make it. Pitch it to Capcom. I mean, don't. don't. I would pitch to Capcom and say, this is a brilliant idea. It'll be a great prequel. Like, Ori Zero wasn't a fucking prequel. That was just, oh, it takes place the day before, but it's basically the same kind of game as Resident Evil 1. You know, no. It was just extra story that didn't exist. It wasn't a prequel. It doesn't even link up properly to remake. So No, it does. They had the chance to fix it, and they didn't. A key component, I suppose, of Umbrella has been Wesker and his defection from the Umbrella Corporation to said rival corporation. Which has come under so many bloody names. Yeah. Please, for the benefit of our viewers slash listeners, can we clarify once and for all the third organisation and the rival corporation? Well, I can't clarify it because I keep changing my mind. <laughs> um, from my understanding, the third organisation is the rival company. In the Biohazard 4 guidebook, Wesker's got like a little timeline of his employment history. And it basically says Umbrella, Stars, and then in 1998 it shifts him to the third organisation. So in my eyes, the third organisation is definitely the rival company. And the reason they're known as the third organisation is in reference to Resident Evil 4, where Batoris Mendes is writing in the files about the possible involvement of a third party other than uh, United States government and the Illuminados. He's always referencing a third organisation involved in the events. That's where it comes from. So what does that make UHF? Is it UHF? U- HCF. Thank you, HCF. That was just like a squad of this yeah, company? A military unit for that. For but that do we know if that was intended to be, be the case or if that was going to be the new company at one stage? I don't think it was meant to be the new company. I think it was just the special force. It's like the rival company's equivalent of the UBCS or the USS. Okay. Because um, HCF is like Hive Capture Force. Capture Force, that's yeah, right, yeah. Which I think is now just a reference to their mission to capture Alexia. And S is one of these things. It's either the rival company or... No, no, S is Triso. S is Triso. Oh my goodness, this is, where I, this is why I ask for this. This is, this yeah. is why I'm, I get so easily confused these days. S becomes Seashell. That's C-shell. right. 
Tricep. They should actually update Resident Evil 4 now and be like, just change the file around and replace S with Tricell. The depressing thing is they were they were sticking with Seashell all the way up to the Resident Evil 5 promo because if it you remember the, the yeah, Kajuju website even said like Seashell is the answer. Yeah. That's the only real link we've got. But just for clarity, Wesker didn't defect from Umbrella to Triso. He defected to the third organisation. Ada's organisation, wasn't it? Yeah. That's what Ada's. was that then? The third organisation is the rival company to Umbrella. Umbrella's main rivals that were never given a proper name. They are also the organisation that Ada mentions in her report. And yes. also the agency that... Yeah, uh, Annette mentions in two. Yeah, it's a shame what happened to them, really, because it is. It's an important plot point in the series because you know they've played a big role behind the scenes in the in the sort of first half of the series. I mean, for example, the rival company were the ones who hired Ada Wong, and she infiltrated the mansion and got close to John Clemens. Her mission was to smuggle out a sample of the T virus, which she ultimately failed to do because of the biohazard. But it was through her seduction of John that uh, the rival company became aware of the existence of the G-Virus. And then, obviously, Wesker was hired into the organisation after Resident Evil. Um, He was paired up with Ada Wong, and they led the mission into Raccoon City to uh, recover a sample of the G-Virus, and Wesker also had an extra objective of saving William Birkin and recruiting him into the rival company so he could carry on his G-Virus research with them. They also managed to acquire the data on the Nemesis T-Type from Raccoon City. They had a spy on Rockfort Island who was there for at least three months and that's how Wesker and the rival company became aware of the rumours that Alexia Ashford might still be alive which leads to the whole events of Code Veronica and then of course after Code Veronica they uh, are in possession of the T Veronica virus the only organisation in the entire world to have it at that particular point they created the Jabberwock S3 which was the first BOW created using the Veronica virus as a base um, Wesker also made alliances with people like Javier Hidalgo and the files in that game hint that he's tried to persuade Javier to terminate his contract with Umbrella and sign a um, contract with the rival company instead and then after the events of that game obviously Jack Krauser joins the rival company then you've got the events of Prelude to the Fall where it's suggested a rival company has a spy in the Caucasus Mountains um, looking for the existence of Umbrella's secret hangars where they're hiding all the BOWs and that leads to the events of Prelude to the Fall and eventually Umbrella's end and it's sort of the unwritten rule that Wesker when he steals the UMF-013 he keeps all the research data for himself and uses it solely for his own benefit rather than the rest of the rival company. And this is when the organisation begins to believe that he's getting uh, a bit too powerful and they start to view him as uh, a cancer that could destroy them all if he's not kept in check. And this leads to uh, the whole thing with Ada Wong in Resident Evil 4. But there's lots of really, really good stuff in there. Like Another thing the rival company did, for example, was they, uh, using data given to them by Wesker after the mansion incident, they uh, sabotaged Umbrella's flagship BOW program, which was the Hunter program, because they developed the more superior Hunter and Sweeper subspecies that, as explained in Darkseid Chronicles, that eventually led to the um, hunt, uh, sorry, Umbrella completely scrapping the Hunter project because it had been sabotaged. Basically, the rival company was creating and marketing a superior product, and this led to Umbrella trying to create a successor in the Anubis, which ultimately failed, obviously, because we never saw that particular creature again. And likewise, the um, the sort of technology they have as well, you know, the Hunter surveillance drones in um, Code Veronica that Wesker uses to help the hunters track Chris. That was a really cool sort of 
little concept in my eyes, and it reminded me of the stuff Krauser has in Resident Evil 4, them little sort of spider-bot things and drones that he uses to attack Leon in the ruins. It, it really, really sort of struck me, even the first time I played it, that it was potentially the same technology. And also the private anti-biohazard force that Chris and Jill used to raid the Russian base in Umbrella's End. I don't know if you remember the intro where you can see Wesker's listening in to their conversation on the helicopters. Well, it's explained in one of the guidebooks that uh, the rival company was one of several organisations to help fund that particular unit. And their money provided weapons and equipment and vehicles for them to carry out their missions in. And obviously the vehicles were bugged with surveillance devices so the rival company could listen in to what was going on. And the whole point of that funding was to help uh, these private biohazard teams deter umbrella operations, but at the same time unwittingly help the rival company potentially acquire Umbrella's research data. So there's some really, really good stuff, but as usual with Resident Evil, a lot of it is lost behind the scenes and never ever explained in the games. This is ridiculous. Well, it's even more ridiculous because Tricell itself, like quite an old company as well, which means that it's not obviously just the main computer to Umbrella, it's like one of the main computers because obviously Tricell's reasonably big as well, mm-hmm. which is again why I always get confused with all this. Mm-hmm. And Tricell were a legitimate company, but then they decided to go into bioterrorism themselves as a source of funding. Mm. And that was kind of given to Excella, who then aligned herself with Wesker and whatnot. Wesker thought, yeah, I could use you. Yeah. So he, he's defective twice, Wesker. But of course, obviously, the people at Tricell, well, Excella didn't know he had his own intent yes. slash the viral company intent, which is really his own intent, actually. Yes, and there's always been some confusion about, was he successful in defecting to the, the third organisation? Isn't there a narrative to suggest that actually he had to go and prove himself because he, <laughs> he didn't get all the combat data? As I say, that's the thing that also doesn't make sense to me. Like, someone who didn't have all the data but has enough would probably still be useful. Plus, considering what he goes on to do in regards to Resident Evil 5, it's like the rival company didn't really mean anything to him anyway. Like, it was like the means to an end for, yeah. I don't know, funding or, or something. Information, other viruses. Well, this is the frustrating thing about them, really, because they play quite a big role behind the scenes up until the end of Resident Evil 4, and then they're just sort of quietly forgotten about. Mm. And all you get is a brief reference in one of the files in 5 that Wesker sort of drained all their resources looking for Spencer. It's just so vague because this company is supposed to be Umbrella's main rivals, but when Umbrella started getting in the shit after Raccoon City, it says in the archives book that Will Farmer became the world's leading pharmaceutical company. Mm. I've always so, thought the rival company is, is maybe a bit more of like a, a network of dummy companies. I always compare them to Cerberus in Mass Effect. A difficult to trace sort of shadow organisation made up of numerous different front companies. Do you think, oh. think that that maybe is what all those pharmaceutical companies that were perhaps originally intended for Umbrella Corps could have ended up being? Like they, it turned out that they were all part of this rival company and they, that's where the unified... Potentially, because after the events of Code Veronica, everybody knows Wesker's obviously still alive, but no Nobody can find him, even though they know he's working for this mysterious organisation. And if this organisation was a legitimate pharmaceutical company like Umbrella was, then surely they'd have ways of tracing him. But if there's some sort of... being a shadowy, multifaceted... For then, who is it Ada sends the genuine Plaga to? Well, this is what I keep changing my mind. She sends the, the subordinate Plaga to Wesker on the orders of the rival company because the rival company are getting concerned that Wesker is growing too much influence and he's going to yes. end up destroying the organisation from the inside out. What's not, ex- he does. What's not explained <laughs> is why Ada goes to them in the first place. Ada goes to them because it's part of her super-secret objective. 
that she's had throughout the series that's never been revealed and the rival company decide to employ her as a foil for Wesker to keep him in check. So Ada's working with Wesker, but at the time is still reporting back to the hierarchy of this rival company about all his movements, and that's how they learn how he's secretly contacting Tricell and stuff. And on the other I'm side, curious. that also explains how Wesker doesn't fully trust Ada and is expecting her to betray him, which she ultimately does. Well, I was just going to say, the only other thing that would make any sense to me that they could, not retcon, because it hasn't been properly explained, but to explain it is that the rival company was, say, a dummy corporation run by the family or something like that, Mm. which essentially would tie the whole Ada thing in quite nicely, I think, Mm. in regards to what the events of Six. So, sorry, the Ada storyline, I just, after Six, I couldn't. Ada (laughs) Ada doesn't work for... The third organisation. It's said in archives that she works for someone else, but it's never ever elaborated who that is. I don't think it really matters. It just I says, think the like, idea is that she's double agenting again, that yeah. she's essentially leading this rival company down. But again, that's why I think it still would potentially work with the whole cloning thing. I don't think it's really that significant who she sent the real Plaga to. It's just just want to emphasise the point that Wesker doesn't get it off her. Yes. Once you start adding like Will Farmer and, and then the expansion tries on this kind of unexplainable organization rival company crap this is why i originally talked about this as an idea it's just and especially now with the upcoming thing with umbrella this umbrella thing in seven it's just like they've got dangling plot threads with no explanation that probably should have never existed in the first place because nobody was really looking at how this whole thing was flowing and this is why we've just had sequel after sequel of disposable enemy you know main villain is disposable mm. and it's a shame because tricer were looking like being a potential rival we see them at you know their nice cameo at the end of degeneration they're in revelations one if you really really look for them and it just hasn't been followed through and as mr spencer said a few times is that they could easily ignore what happened in re5 for just being you know a lone wolf doing whatever she got infatuated by wesker this isn't us but secretly they could carry on with it so the, the opportunity mm. is still there but we now know they went under as well, thanks to there's a little a, line somewhere. There's another loose end as well, and I'm curious to know where this character ends up working, what corporation or where they end up. Nikolai, he's still out there, as far as I'm yes. aware, and we don't know where the fuck he has gone. He can't be working for Umbrella still, because they went under. I'm really curious to know, you know any ideas, any hypothetical ideas you guys might have about where he could end up, where he could be working, potentially could be literally anywhere, because he was just a mercenary motivated by money, so he'd probably work for anyone, whoever paid him the most. I don't think Mm. he has any particular loyalty to anyone. But he's got a good experience for a specific skill set, obviously, so he'd be highly sought after as a uh, survivor of the raccoon incident. Mm. Just going back to your point, Rob, I think the rival company plotline has been a casualty of the uh, scrapped versions of Resident Evil 4. I'm pretty sure in one of those versions that rival company would have been elaborated on further. But when it switched to the version of Resident Evil 4 we ultimately got, it was sort of pushed to the background, and it's it's never really been expanded on then because they decided to introduce Tricell and have Wesker work with them. This is the thing I've always assumed, I don't think there's been any evidence of it, but I always figured that the setup for 5 in regards to and what became the Lost and Nightmares segment, much like it uses assets and ideas from the cancelled versions of 4, I assumed that the plotline of Wesker turning up trying to find Spencer was still intended for that original version of the game and at that stage maybe he was working for this other organisation because that would make sense given the time frame and what the company what Capcom itself was looking at at the time Mm. but it's never been confirmed that was ever part of the plot but it would make sense to me that maybe much like 
Leon has tracked him down that the same time Wesker was going to turn up because hmm. it obviously set that up after Code Veronica. I'm just told why can't you know? I know it's not it can't happen because of because it's specifically mentioned that it can't. But would the storyline still work if you just substituted the organization for Triso? No, only because the files state Wesker didn't contact Excel until 2003, when he's been working for the rival company since 1998. And, but ignore it. And Wesker officially doesn't go over to Triso full time until after Lost in Nightmares, when everyone assumes he's died again. But I think I think you're it, right. I think that's the biggest mistake. That's how they could have got around it. They could have just made the rival company try so. And just had done with it, yeah. And make it that when he was working for them, it was like a shadowy connection until he officially introduced himself in 2003 or something like that, and that would have worked fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he introduced himself in 2003. Hello, try so. I've acquired the UMF-13 backup Red Queen data. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. That was his I've been it, the wasn't one it? That was his body. Providing, yeah, I've been the one that's been providing you other samples and resources until now but now that I've got this yeah, I want more power I want more you know, more say in this and I'm looking for Mr. Spencer exactly. but he was just using Tricell to further his own agenda just like this he used is weird that, yeah but that's weird also doesn't quite like things don't always match up as well I'm trying to think of the way to say it but they tried to essentially not retcon because retcon's wrong but they basically tried to reword the focus like obviously by saying there's all this background regarding Spencer that probably wouldn't have otherwise existed um, mm. which is why I'm curious to know if that was what the original intent of tracking down would have been if it had been part of the early game confusions of four with Leon. Wow. So, as I said, Tracer have now been disbanded. Well, it was mentioned in a file. It was mentioned in the intro of Revelations 2. It's not really That's right. expanded yeah. on, but I think the assumption was that they were implicated in the uh, creation of the Ouroboros virus because the President and Congress were having a big debate about the possible dangers of the Ouroboros virus and I think that because Wesker was dead and Excella was dead they were just blaming Tricell as a whole company for its creation so there's that and you get the little tidbit in Umbrella Corps where it says their main headquarters was attacked yes, by course, yeah. yet another by one of Tricell's rival companies <laughs> which isn't the rival company <laughs> This is ridiculous. Wait, are you sure that it's not the rival company? Or is well, it just that no, no. I assume it's one of these various organisations that were supposed to appear in Umbrella Court and don't really. It did well, happen to that rival so, company that Wesker worked for. Well, we don't know. That's the thing. There's just a vague yeah. line in a file that Wesker drained them of resources looking for Spencer. So, but... Yeah, so we've got Umbrella collapsed in 2003-2004. Will Farmer was bought out by Tricell after the events in Degeneration. And then Tricell collapsed by, what, 2010? 2011 or something like that. We've got this rival company, which we don't know who it is, and we don't know. We know that their funds were dried up, but we don't know if the company actually disappeared or if it was replaced or bought out or whatever it is. Hmm. And then we've got all these new organizations, which may include the Chinese one plus whatever Umbrella Corps is actually. There's lots, isn't there, in that game on the, yeah. on the badges? I had a theory that the organization in Umbrella Corps was the rival company because they knew a hell of a lot about Umbrella. They knew about people like Alexia. They were using Umbrella's tech, and they had access to, you know, they were able to build, like, a detailed replica of the police station in Raccoon City, and they they had that classified Umbrella lab that we keep arguing about. It gets around the whole Wesker clone thing, because you have the text saying, oh, the the leader of the organisation knows all about the village as if he was there. And I just thought, well, if it's the rival company, it makes sense that it's going to be an associate of Wesker who knew about the Plager operation in 2004. But apparently that's just ridiculous and unrealistic, and it's far more better (laughs) to just have a Wesker clone. See, the thing is, it's what I said before, I'm, I'm convinced by the connection 
interesting to see then with what's been what I saw in Umbrella Corps, as much as everyone you know, was detesting the game, like I'm not going to shirk the cannon. And it would make a lot of sense if, say, the rival company bought up the remains and assets of Umbrella and essentially completed their information gathering by doing so, and then basically all but turned themselves into a new version of Umbrella, you know, whether or not it's in names or, as we might assume we were saying, like a consortium of fake companies. That would work. I, I honestly think it would. They could fix it theoretically because you could have Shengya in Resident Evil 7 and Capcom could say, yeah, this was the rival company. They own the Umbrella Corps, which means it was Shengya who was the organisation in Umbrella Corps running the experiment, which means they knew about the village in 2004, which means Shengya was the S Corporation mentioned in Ada's report. No, no, no. Oh, God. Well, no, no, you don't need that because we, we know S become... Or is that, is that, is that I, know we, I know we know S becomes Tricell, but theoretically you could have that and it gets rid of that little discrepancy. You know what this well, reminds me of? You know that you know that Red Letter Media, right? When they did that video about the timeline of Terminator Genesis, the Terminator timeline, <laughs> the white thing. <laughs> And they're like, oh, you know, this yeah. is a green pen. This is, ex- this is exactly that. We've this got a is, fucking This is the white. problem. I know. I, this is why I asked about this, because, like, to me, I keep getting confused. I'm not as, I'm not as up on the corporation and, and members of various organizations as you guys are. And so I just get easily confused by all this. I just find the whole thing really trite. And I try and I try my best, like, before I, you know, came for this episode to actually look into it. And, and this list that I've been provided as well has been helping with stuff that I didn't know about. It's such a mess when it didn't need to be a mess that's, exactly. that's the worst part of it could Shengya be the rival corporation from you know that West could, used to work before could that work there's no reason it can't be just needs a little bit of clever writing in, in 7 but I don't see why not because if Shengya owned the Umbrella Corps unit which Heavenly Island implies that means they're the organisation in the Umbrella Corps game and that organisation yes. has so much inside knowledge about Umbrella and, and the events of Resident Evil 4 then that would make sense. It that would, would make, make sense. Yeah, they could then say that Shengyar were S if they wanted to, or they could say that Shengyar were the organi- the third organization, whatever you want to call them, that hired uh, Wesker and Ada. But the problem is, we've talked before about there being too many cooks, you know, with all these different writers. It's like mm. someone had to write a basic five-minute scenario for Umbrella Corps, and I thought, well, hang on, this maybe potentially isn't going to be tying into the main story too much, so let's just have another ambiguous organisation and just refer to them as the company or the organisation and that way we get ourselves out of a hole And but at the same time it just adds to this massive confusion I mean <laughs> why have they even introduced Shengya Pharmaceuticals because they suddenly thought shit we haven't got a pharmaceutical company because the previous writer in Revelations 2 was killed off Tricell so we're going to have to bring someone mm. else in it just it makes me question just how much of it is is pre-planned and mm. I'm guessing that those files from Seven with the references to Revelations and, and Outbreak are making me hopeful that someone's actually sat down when making this game. I mean, obviously we know it's got a Western writer, um, which may be good or bad, really, for the connective thing anyway. But hopefully, some people have things who want to make sure we tie up and connect and and actually try and work this out as mm. part of the story behind this. I re- I'm really hopeful of that just because of those things. But then again, it may turn out to be absolutely nothing and it's nothing but well all I would say is they've had what since what 1998 to name the rival organisation it wouldn't have harmed them in any way whatsoever during archives one two or anything any supplementary material just to name HCF's employers hmm. and they haven't bought they haven't been bothered it doesn't matter you know, it could be you know the joe bloggs organization it would have made any difference but they haven't been bothered I, to do so which doesn't give I, me any hope that, that some western director of Evil 7 is going to go 
that? Do you remember that point in Resident Evil 4? No. <laughs> the, the only thing you um, can say about I that mean, is no one expected 5 to do the same with things like Zero. Yeah, yeah. true, true. I mean, that's the funny thing to me as well, is that we, there's that lament a lot of the time that obviously a lot of the Japanese guidebooks and Japanese books and stuff have a lot of information that we would miss out on the, in the Western audiences. That's the of tissue. And, um, but it's funny that even they haven't had something come up at some point since in the last 16 or 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you know, the impression is that they're leave, you know, they're trying to leave it blank for some, some story in the future to be filled in. You know, you know, perhaps as a story person, you know, to touch, touch, touch that, someone can use that for a future game. But as you say, it's been 16 years and they have not touched it with a barge pole. But I think what the general consensus is, the intention was for it to be tricell, but they dug themselves too much of a hole and had to quickly get themselves out of it. Why even say the large organisation only known as S and then not actually keep the name S? Why change it? Why then say, well, it's oh, seashell? Well, they did to me, they don't need to change it. It, would, it was a placeholder, but it would have been nice if they tr- treated it as such and just went like S or Seashell was like the code name for Tricell's bioweapons division. Mm. You know, like, yes, and in that yeah. case, that, that would have made a lot more sense. But it's not thought of those in those aspects, you know. Paul, are you following? Um, to be honest with me, you, you lost me at S. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I, I did perk up when Rombie said that he found it all not the debate obviously but the what capcom's use of all these corporations that he just found it trite and confusing because no i, I feel like i'm not doing my part on it. this podcast moved on from my re7 ran yeah for my part i have found it very confusing that batman's right it, it's not the only thing that suffered from having you know differing teams working on games either in parallel or one after the other you know um and i and it's a sh- and it's a shame I, I sometimes think that these games work best when they're on you know on simpler terms and i got as interested in the politics of the corporations when you had the rival motives and, and agendas of the original founders you know ashford and and spencer and marcus but then when you actually got i, I don't know if it's a japanese influence but then when you get into these larger corporations uh vying for power i i start to turn off a little bit and, and do find it confusing spencer it's marcus right. ashford is is one of the best subplots in the series i think that sort yeah. of internal power struggle all that was about getting total control over umbrella wasn't it yeah, and having different directions as to how they wanted it to take the T virus project. Mm-hmm. That kind of that you know that dealt with the human impact and you know and, and Marcus is downfall from from that obsession and, and and Spencer and what happened to Ashford and then you know with with Ashford's downfall the ripples out through the generations mm. of his children. So that that I find particularly interesting. A slight elephant in the room when it comes to um, organisation is probably the most, or the least, should I say, the least memorable organisation. Where does Neo Umbrella come into all this? Oh, God. (laughs) There was was Neo Umbrella, and then there was very way back in the original reason. Wasn't it White Umbrella as well? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think White Umbrella was just a a mistake. I don't think that was in the Japanese versions. I think it was just another mistranslation. Um, (laughs) Neo Tricell, it's going to happen. Neo Umbrella was just a terrorist organisation, wasn't it? It was never really a proper company. No. But they had a building. Well, I think that was just because Carla was siphoning all the family's resources because Simmons just blindly trusted her, didn't he? And she was just fucking him over, using his resources to build this organisation to ultimately take him down. 
which is what Alex Wesker did when she went to the island in Revelations 2, because she still had Spencer's trust. She used Umbrella's finances to sort of rebuild the mine and get the island operations running again, until she eventually decided she didn't need him anymore. I do like Revelations too. I need to play it again. It's a good game. It's a good game. Right, wow, wow. Okay, so that's gone into it well. Carry on, Rumby. I was just going to say, so where does this leave us for <laughs> where we're going? Seven, that's the big question. Like, where do we think this is going? <laughs> the Kingsville Corporation with the bakery. Yes, it's a bakery. <laughs> Warburton's. <laughs> Warburton's are behind it all. I think there will be some sort of corporate background thing going on in seven i think a few people have already said playing the first four hours of the game they've started to formulate theories based on what's happened in the uh, earlier timeline of the series with corporate espionage and things so as, uh, yeah yeah so as much as re7 is scaled back it's going to be linked yeah It'd be silly not to have it linked in some way or, or the other and um i feel it's going to be a bit like resident evil one in that sense i know it's what obviously it's aiming for is that Although Wesker was the kind of baddie, there was a bigger baddie that you just couldn't see through your investigation, and I, I think we're probably going to be going down the same. Yeah. Hey, it could you know, be it could be Shen Yar. That, why not? You know what I'm before. expecting when I start on Resident Evil Seven? I want to hear the big title theme. It goes Resident Evil Seven, and the little voiceover at the end going sponsored by Warburton's. <laughs> <laughs> Super keen on this breed idea. I think it's good. I think I could come onto something there. <laughs> Fucking bakers, bakery, it's bread monsters. Well, I think they've even confirmed, though, sadly, it doesn't say the name on the title screen. No. Oh. But obviously, some corporation has created these molded things and whatever this new virus is. So. Red mold. It's I do gonna... think the Japanese name. Black like mold is deadly. Whew. Right, yeah, so uh, I suppose if it is Shenya, that would be that would be quite interesting and that would certainly silence any Umbrella Corp doubters. That's what it points to anyway, but we'll see. Mm. Is there any other organisation? I suppose we, there's also other organisers. We've had TerraSave. They've been involved as a NGO headed up by someone and involving Claire. And they've been involved in a couple of media outlets. They're starring well, I suppose, being in Degeneration and then in Revelations 2. Do we still think they're going to be floating around? Or yeah, they I, their I, time? yeah, I think so. That's the reason Claire's in Heavily Island as well, because TerraSave are investigating reports of infected fish around the island the comic takes place on. So Claire and another TerraSave agent are there investigating. So I think they'll always be around. They're quite a, a nice little addition. They're quite an active NGO, though, aren't they? I mean, that's quite that's, that's quite dangerous to be doing. If you'd heard of stories of infected fish, you'd send in the BSAO, I would have thought. And um, one nice tidbit from Heaven on the Island as well is everybody knows about Alex Wesker now because it says the BSAA and TerraSave conducted an investigation on the island after the events of the game and confirmed the overseer's identity as Alex Wesker. So the BSAA know all about the Wesker children thing now as well, which I thought was, ah. I thought was a nice little addition. I have to be honest, this is sounding more and more essential as Heavenly Island. It's annoying me, is it? Don't get me wrong, it, you know, it's not Shakespeare or anything like that. It's nowhere near as good as any of the games, but obviously it does have enough useful links because it pulls together so many different games. Mm. It's not in English yet, though, is it? Not yet. No, not officially. But then Mahara Design off. never got in English either, did it? Yeah, it did, eventually. Oh, there we go. I would just say, out of all the corporations, I think Will Farmer is the most unique one, because I think that's the only corporation that wasn't sort of evil from the inside out. I think they had genuinely quite good intentions with the T-virus vaccine, and it was just Frederick Downing who corrupted them. Mm. I think well, it I, takes his one bad egg. 
I think as a corporation they were quite innocent, which is quite ironic really when they eventually got bought out by Tricell. Well, I suppose this is why we don't actually see the T-virus leak around because of their success with the T-vaccine. Any other virus going forward has to be mm. a variant again, of... Again, what we were talking about before, like it was thought of in the short term, and oh, this would be really good for this as a plot point and a resolve, but they're not really looking at the overall picture going just axed one of the main important ingredients of what makes this franchise kind of move forward so now we have to instead create a bunch of other viruses mm. honestly i wouldn't mind if they just used it again i mean look at the tbs virus i mean that is deadly on a cataclysmic level what it can do to life forms you know would it be great if that came back in, in some way or the t phobos virus was an interesting concept but they just become concepts for random games if it became a bigger threat throughout the series or even a combination, even a combination thereof, you know, a game where various viruses are around would be very interesting as well, because that would require you to change sort of tactics and gameplay and stuff as well, a little bit. I suppose they could do it with the C-virus, but ugh, I don't know what they're thinking with the C-virus. They must have been drunk that day with the C-virus. <laughs> when I say that, because they just don't have a clue, there's no logic in what the C-virus can do, and that's why I hate sex with so much, even with the G-virus there's a bit of logic, you know, Bigger, 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 explode. That type of thing. I think the Juavo concept of the C-virus is quite good. The whole growing an, uh, an organism in a chrysalid. Yes. And the fact that these complete mutation species have insect traits is because of the application of the T-veronica in the C-virus and why they also have combustible blood. So I think it works in that sense. For me, the nonsensical part of the C-virus is the gas that creates zombies. That's yes. just that's just too B-movie cliched shit. Hmm. But uh, I've, I've said it with RE4 many times with a Plagas. That didn't make any sense. What if the virus in RE7 isn't a virus, but it spreads via spores, like uh, Last of Us or something? Well, I don't know, because you have to get attacked to get infected. But I figured there was some sort of, like, as a direct contact. Like, maybe not spores, but it's definitely, like... Hmm. It's, contact anyway it's like a fungus that's slowly overtaking the house it's really evident if you play the lantern demo you can see it all over the ceilings and stuff mm. it's bread mm, mold it uh, it's growing it's changed it's cross species now mm. <laughs> but it's interesting it seems that you know you've got that chap's arm hand gets chopped off and he's ah oh, not again and all that or he rips off his skin doesn't he or something like that so it's got yeah. amazing regenerative powers but obviously only some people but yeah, yeah. Well, that could be another potential tie-in back to Umbrella because whatever the Bakers are infected with seems to be very close to what Spencer originally wanted. I mean, they might not be immortal, but they've clearly got hugely impressive regeneration abilities and they're still realistically human. Yep. So, who knows? Well, as human as rednecks can get. <laughs> On that note, um, does anyone have any other comments or discussion points over organisations that we've encountered in the series? No. Just don't introduce any more. And, and <laughs> don't, don't introduce ones that you just completely drop yeah. at a whim. Yeah. Mm. Think before you drop. And we need consistency as well. Streamline it so it's not as crap everywhere. Okay. Well, thank you. We don't have any callings this week, so we'll move on to the rather festive edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. New questions. New answers. 
doing Neptune's Biohazard Quiz, the, a festive edition. All the Biohazard questions this week, folks, are Christmas-themed. Loosely, I will caveat, but they are Christmas-themed. So if everyone can clear their desktops, you can open up Notepad. Let's start. So, question number one. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer has a very shiny nose. But in how many canon games does the Red Jewel slash Gemstone appear? <laughs> That was such a tenuous link. <laughs> Not including director's cut slash re-releases, so I'm kind of like... Wait, I... Right. I'm sorry, because did... you the singing kind of... <laughs> I was... Are you classing the remake or the original as separate entities? Um, good question. They are just one one entity. Can it, do you mean any red jewel? So the red jewel could be different shapes? Yes. What? But the Resident no, Evil 2 has a fucking... No. That's one, at least. This <laughs> is <laughs> an unexpectedly deep question. <laughs> I thought it was going to be something light-hearted with the I'll song. I thought, oh, it's yeah, right. the way it started, yeah. Hey, and then he just raped us. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two. This is easy. It's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't tell me that was meant to be that. Fucking... The fairy, t- um, the fairy tale of New York is a classic Christmas tune. But in which 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 bio has a title is set in this city? Hello to our Irish listeners. <laughs> it's a good policeman song that as well, isn't it? I think. In New York, a game. I don't think I said the word game. Which New bio York. has a title? Okay. Question number three. Every Christmas Day, the UK's head of state, the Queen, tries to tell the nation that Prince Harry is her legitimate grandson. <laughs> <laughs> But what was the name of the head of state of the Eastern Slav Republic? It's quite a simple question. I think most people should know. Question number four. It's the most wonderful time of the year. But what report is prepared between Christmas Day and Boxing Day? So it's a file. What file is prepared? What file slash report is prepared between Christmas Day and Boxing Day? Some a lot of suspicious timing mm. going on in the back. That's, That's no pattern. And finally, question five. If Biohazard did Christmas, I'd imagine we would see the nemesis on a sleigh delivering viruses to children all around the world. Is he in Syria right now, then? (laughs) That sleigh sleigh would be pulled by the 12 (laughs) canon variants of Hunter. Name them. Oh, Oh, (laughs) jeez. What was that? That's quite a good question, though, but heavy. 12 canon variants of Hunter. Oh god! <laughs> oh man, I'm not gonna get that one. <laughs> oh, <yeah. clears throat> that concludes Neptune's Biohazard quiz. Join us after this, where we'll run through those all-important answers.
So, question number one was my wonderful rendition of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But how many canon games mm. does the Red Jewel slash Gemstone appear? Okay, we'll start with Batman. I'm gonna guess four. I think it's Remake yep. or the original. Resident Evil 2, Code Veronica, and Break. Okay. Stars turn. I had exactly the same. Did you? Mm. Mr. Spencer? I went with four as well, the ones I could remember. Uh, Rombie? I honestly am struggling to think of more than one, which is really silly. And then I'm thinking, are we also counting the ones that weren't the same? There was various red gems. There was like, I'm pretty sure there's a red gem style, but I'm not sure it's a red gem in in four. Uh, Yeah, that that counts as one. Oh, God. That counts. All right. Uh, Four, I guess. Four. Okay. And finally, George Trevor? Yeah, I went with four, but I was... Sort of all over the place because I wasn't sure if any of the jewels in Resident Evil 4 and I was also thinking mm, of mm. the clock puzzle in Resident Evil 3 when you open the, that sort of clock to, to that's only obsidian amber and crystal though isn't it uh, uh, but no 4 Resident Evil remake uh, the one in 2 it's I'm five, counting one in 3 well, yeah that's 6 was the answer yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you're, you're, uh, Resident Evil Resident Evil 2 Outbreak Co-Veronica Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 5 fuck's sake so well done. No points there for anyone. Question number two. Which Biohazard title is set in the city of New York? I got this. Uh, okay, we'll start the with only George. The connection I had with New York was that's where George Trevor's office was. Mm. I was. And I was trying to think of some of the comics. Oh, okay. Right, uh, right. This wasn't a non-canon corner round. No. No, I, I can't think. Um, no, I don't know. Oh, I just realised what it is. New York. I'm trying to think of like an outbreak in a delicatessen or like loads of acidic Jews running around. <laughs> No, uh, I don't. no idea. Mr. Spencer, you seem <laughs> Well, my initial answer was Resident Evil 9-11. But then when you mentioned non-canon corner, it's got to be confidential report. Has to be. Well, I, I said well, I said it wasn't non-canon corner. But in your so mind, that know, game's okay. canon. So yeah. therefore... Okay. Batman. Uh, Vendetta. Oh, shit. Uh, 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 oh, the ben- Vendetta. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, shit. Very good. And you don't pay me for paying attention. That was actually given in the podcast. It actually said Vendetta in New York. So the answer was there earlier on this evening. So there we go. So question number three was, what is the name of the head of the state of the Eastern Slav Republic? We'll start with Rombie this time. Oh, I have no idea. I no memory of this. I know it's from the second anime mm. film, but... George? No. Slatvart or something. Slatvart. Is this one of your fucking Russian mail-order brides you're talking about here, Paul? No, I... 
my first answer, whatever that was. I can't pronounce it okay. anymore. Mr. Spencer? Uh, I've actually been reading Stalingrad by Anthony Beaver lately, so my answer is uh, Field Marshal Edith von Manstein. Stars Tone? Uh, I can't pronounce the name. It's Svetlana something, but I can't remember it. Svetlana yeah. Belikova. I was onto on something. Svetlana <laughs> Belikova. Batman? Yeah, Svetlana Belikova. Where did that come from, Mr. Spencer? I, when you mentioned Svetlana, I like, yeah, knew it. Wait, do I get half a point for getting the first name? We've been here before, haven't mm. we, this question? Probably. Yeah, oh yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's not not in a Christmas theme. Point for Batman. Where's my afraid. point then? Because I got uh, mine, not right? I'm suspicious of that suddenly coming up. Oh, what, do I not get a um, half for getting the first name completely correct out of the blue? Wasn't correct. He said Slotvana. What the fuck's that? Svetlana. <laughs> uh, it's my Cockney pronunciation. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll see, if, if you don't score any points, I might give a sympathy half. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, question number four. What was the report paired between Christmas Day and Boxing Day? Batman. What, you mean like a file dated on Christmas Day? Is that... Yes, yes. I mean, you, I'll be honest, you, you wrote this. I wrote it. It's from the Biohazard timeline. Um, fuck. Your exact words were 25th to the 26th of December, circa. Oh, so it's not official then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I've no idea, I've no idea. I can't think. The only thing I can think of that was recorded on Christmas Day was Alexander's message, video message in Darkside Chronicles. Star, no, Star. no idea. Uh, Rombie? I, I want to say it's like a butler's letter or something right. from Code Veronica, but, or, or something like a, an assistant, like greetings to the family or something silly, or, but I have no idea. Mr. Spencer. Queen's speech. <laughs> George I have no idea. I think Batman's onto something because I well I, I had a feeling it had something to do with Code Veronica because you know yeah because yeah, Claire because I saw the other day on the Resident Evil Twitter feed it was December the seventeenth and that's the date when Claire infiltrates the you know the Paris facility. So uh, I don't know, but I, I, if if to cement my half a point, I think Batman's onto science. It's got to do with Code Veronica. Okay, uh, it's the inspection report from Gun Survivor Two prepared by. That was close then. I don't think that was officially dated though. I think I just guessed. Mm-hmm. So if, if you've got issues, take up with Batman. That's all I say. <laughs> so no points there. Uh, finally, question number five. No, this will be all right. I have to careful here. Can you name the twelve canon variants of the Hunter? Um, because it's likely that Batman's going to know most of them, I'm going to let Batman go first to help the others. That's, that, that's the type of guy I am. Um, right, so you've got the Hunter Alpha, the Hunter mm-hmm. Tipter, mm-hmm. uh, um, the Hunter 2, and the Sweeper. Um, you have the Outbreak Hunters. Is that is that plural, are you saying there? Well, you've got the... There's two variants, isn't it? There's the Outbreak Hunter which is the MA-125, yes. and then there's the smaller yes. variant, the sort of version of the same Hunter. Yeah, um, very good. The Mew, I'll give you okay. a copy of that. Um, then you've got the Hunter Elite, mm-hmm. the Hunter Delta, and... Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm struggling now. Uh, is it 12? How many have I given you? I think you've given me eight. The Maybe nine, with, oh, you said Delta at the end. You said Delta at the end. Didn't you? Uh, the Frogger variant from Resident Evil 3. I can't, I can't remember yeah. the code number, but the one that looks like a frog that can swallow yes. it whole. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. the MA120 prototype that we never see. Yeah. That's it, I'm out. I can't think of any more. Did I, have I said Hunter Elite? That's, that's, yes, yeah. that's 11. Oh, and the Farofello. Oh, that's 12. <laughs> That's, that's a, that's a well, pasta, though, isn't it? It's a type of pasta. Did you say, did you say tick? Because the tick... It's not canon. Is that, uh, it's that's, not. That's on, my li- that's on my list. 
What did you have, Stutter? Uh, I did not have half of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's nice and honest. I appreciate the honesty. Alpha Gamma Beta. Tech count from the set? And... No, no. I don't have any tech. Uh, uh, there's a sweeper. Sweeper. I remember sweeper. Yeah. Nah. Nah. Oh, uh, 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 um, the Hunter 2. Yeah, yeah. And the Glimmer. Yeah. I've got the Glimmer. <laughs> That, that, that's as far as I can, as far as I can Mr. Spencer, what did you I just put no as my answer because I'm not fucking doing 12 <laughs> of them. Get the fuck out of here. No time for that. George, what did you I, have? I think I had six because I started with the ones that just kind of weren't hunters but were in the names. I had Farfellow, um, the Tick, and okay. the Glimmer, um, Hunter Alpha and Beta. I had Hunter Elite because I knew that from Dead Aim. And then I had I just the multicoloured poisonous ones from Code Veronica, but I couldn't remember their name. What were they? What were they? Sweeper. Oh, the Sweeper, yeah. So that's about six, I think I had. So, right, so the answer is the MA120, which is from the from Resident Evil 2, the N64 version, uh, the 121 Alpha, the 121 Beta, the 124 Gamma, which is the frog Nick, things. Nick, just stop a second. Go, go through each one and tell me what game they're in. Go for it. <laughs> okay. The 120... The MA120 is the prototype hunter from Resident Evil 2 X-Files. Right, I know, yep, that's it. The, one, the 121 Alpha is from Resident Evil at zero and normal. The 121 Beta is from Resident Evil 3. Right. The 124 Gamma is from Outbreak File 2 and from uh, Resident Evil 3. The, the hunter- frog one. The frog one, yeah. The Hunter 2 is from Code Veronica. The Sweeper is from Code Veronica. The Hunter Delta is from the Umbrella Chronicles uh, manga and from Umbrella Chronicles itself. The 125R is from Outbreak 1 and 2. The Hunter Mew is from Outbreak File 2. The Glimmer is from Dead Aim. The Elite is from Dead Aim. And Farfellow is from... Revelations. Revelations. Yeah, I forgot to say the Glimmer. Did you? How did you get to... I must have counted Delta twice for you, but you still got... Was the Glimmer, re- uh, was the Glimmer uh, engineered, or was it one of the things that was sort of roaming around that was like a mistake? Yeah, it was Not... a, I think it was just a discarded subject, didn't it? And it evolved. Is... Is it? Cause it's it... like the sweeper is classified as a subspecies in the same way that the sweeper was. Okay. Because the hunter elite was at the time that was kind of meant to be the pinnacle, wasn't it? And then I wasn't sure if the glimmers were sort of like mm. either the sort of the failed versions of the elites. I'd say the far fellow eclipsed it through its invisibility. <laughs> oh yeah. But that was just ridiculous, the invisibility thing. Not really. <laughs> Chameleons can change their skin colour things, why not? Anyway, let's have a look at the final scores. Well, it's a poor day for this Christmas. No one's really in the festive chair. Batman finishes with three, stars the solitary one. Mr Spencer and GT didn't score at all. Rob, you, sc- you score one. Poor show, gentlemen. <laughs> But there we go. Well, I hope you all enjoyed our Christmas edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Join us next time when we'll have more questions. So, uh, there we go. That concludes the quiz. Thank you very much for listening. We will be probably touching base in the new year all this time next month and we'll be getting gearing up for the release of Resident Evil 7 we'll be back with a new podcast when everyone's presumably had a good chance to play it and I'm sure you're all eager to hear what we think that's going for um, PC oh, isn't it yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's all I care about be a good fucking are, you going, are you going to are you going to invest Mr Spencer what do you mean invest in the, buying it are you going to buy uh, oh, it's a complex vocabulary though are you going to buy it um, yeah I think so I mean, oh I can just see it's on yeah. Steam. Yeah. So we'll actually have a podcast where you've actually played the game. So we will um, all inevitably um, catch up 
and discuss Resident Evil 7. Everyone here at Project Umbrella wishes you a very happy Christmas and a happy New Year and try not to drink too much. And we will see you very soon. All very excited about Resident Evil 7. So it's goodbye from me, Neptune. <laughs> goodbye from me, Batman. Goodbye from goodbye. me, Star Tyrant. It's goodbye from me, Rombie. And goodbye from me, George Trevor. And it's goodbye from me, Mr. Spencer. I ate some yeast today to get some vitamin B. The scrapings from the jar instead of eating meat. I spread it on the bread. Ravens disappeared They used to throw it all away The waste from making beer What have you become? My microscopic friend Staple If you're not singing along yet, you're not feeling the spirit. <laughs> On the eleventh day of Christmas, Capcom gave to me eleven fights with Redfield, ten Lisa Travers, nine Crimson Heads, eight like a slugging, seven fights, ten minutes a game, I wasn't dead. Global saturation! Four creepy matter, three under something, two Neptune's gnawing, and a broken counterbaster named Jake. On the twelfth day of Christmas, Capcom gave to me... My death. Merry Christmas! <sighs> 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 Mash.